0: Welcome to the Fastest 5 Minutes, presented by Kroll & Mooring. This is a special edition where we welcome our partners, Tom Geis and Trina Barlow, to discuss legal issues government contractors face with regard to marijuana laws and drug testing. We get these questions a lot, so we thought something a little more universally available might be helpful. Stay tuned to the end of this podcast when we announce our latest training program, our Government Contracts Classroom
1: series. Tom, Trina, over to you. Thanks, David. I'd like to put today's discussion in a little bit of context. Many companies have conducted drug testing, often as part of zero-tolerance policies, for almost 20 years now. Recently enacted state laws legalizing marijuana have led some companies to reconsider their drug testing policies. The legalization trend is for sure significant. 11 states and the District of Columbia have now legalized recreational use. Colorado was the first, as many of our listeners know. With the newly enacted Illinois statute that came online at the first of the year, 30 states have now legalized medical marijuana use in various ways. Other legalization laws are pending in other states and are likely to pass in 2020. These laws reflect a significant change in the way many Americans think about marijuana use, even though it remains unlawful under federal law. The original rationale for the medical marijuana statutes was to minimize the possibility of criminal enforcement against individuals who have prescriptions for marijuana to treat various types of chronic pain situations. A number of the more recent medical marijuana laws include, for the first time, affirmative employment protections for individuals with a prescription. This creates a tension with a fairly consistent body of case law even in states like Colorado and California, holding that employers are permitted to have no-tolerance policies regarding illegal drugs, including marijuana, and that a positive drug test is grounds for termination or not to be hired in the first place. Advocates for legalization argue that individuals using marijuana, particularly for medical purposes, shouldn't lose their job as a result. Some of these statutes expressly address employer drug testing. The Illinois statute, for example, states that it does not provide a cause of action against an employer by someone who has suffered an adverse employment action, including withdrawal of a conditional job offer due to a failure of a drug test conducted by the employer as part of a reasonable workplace drug policy. That term, unfortunately, is not defined in the Illinois statute. So these state laws should be understood in the context of federal regulations affecting government contractors. Trina, can you speak to that?
2: Sure, Tom. Thanks. There are two key applicable drug laws that contractors should be concerned with. The first is the Drug-Free Workplace Act, and the other is the Department of Transportation drug testing regulations. With respect to the Drug-Free Workplace Act, This act applies to any organization that receives a federal contract of more than $100,000 and organizations receiving a federal grant of any kind or size. The act requires contractors to implement a policy prohibiting the use of unlawful drugs, implement a drug awareness program, advise employees of their obligation to report any drug conviction within five days, And then the employer has an obligation to then timely notify a contracting officer of any violation within 10 days. The act also requires contractors to take direct action against any employee that is convicted of a drug crime. Failure to satisfy the obligations under the Drug-Free Workplace Act can result in penalties, including suspension and debarment. It is important to note that despite these requirements, what the act does not require Is for a contractor to terminate or even discipline an employee who is convicted of a drug related crime. Additionally, under the Drug Free Workplace Act, there is no requirement of drug testing at all or any requirement that a contractor take any particular action against an employee who is under the influence of drugs. Many contractors have the mistaken belief that the Drug Free Workplace Act mandates termination or can insulate a contractor from liability for taking an adverse employment action against those who test positive for marijuana or who are convicted of a marijuana-related crime. That is not necessarily the case. Contractors have to consider how the Drug-Free Workplace Act interplays with any applicable state marijuana laws. Courts in Connecticut and Rhode Island, for example, have concluded that the Drug-Free Workplace Act does not preempt or trump state laws that provide protections for marijuana use. For example, in the Knopfinger case, which is a federal court case out of Connecticut, the court held that a contractor's refusal to hire a medical marijuana user because she tested positive on a pre-employment screen violated Connecticut's medical marijuana law. That Connecticut law provides that unless required by federal law, no employer may refuse to hire a person or discharge, penalize, or threaten that employee because of their medical marijuana use. The court concluded in that case that the Drug-Free Workplace Act does not require an employee to refuse to hire a person, and therefore the failure to hire the employee in that case was unlawful. So the takeaway for contractors is that it is insufficient to rely solely on your status as a government contractor. It's important to understand any applicable state law. The only other thing to note is, even though under the Drug-Free Workplace Act, there is no requirement to take action against medical marijuana users, those applying for security clearances must truthfully disclose on their SF-86s whether or not they have used marijuana, even in states where medical marijuana use is legal. Failure to be truthful could impact the ability to obtain a clearance, and If the use was not passed and limited, clearance may be denied as well. With respect to the Department of Transportation regulations, unlike the Drug-Free Workplace Act, the DOT drug testing regulations do have drug testing requirements and have specific actions that must be taken if an employee tests positive. The DOT regulations authorize testing of people in safety-sensitive positions, and those positions are defined by the regulation. It specifically prohibits the use or possession of any illicit drug while assigned to or performing safety sensitive functions. And under those regulations, marijuana is considered an illicit drug. Under the DOT regulations, an employee may not refuse to submit to any alcohol or drug testing procedures. Two things to know the Department of Transportation has made it clear that, notwithstanding the Department of Justice guidelines, requiring the rollback of the prosecution of certain marijuana-related prosecutions, the Department of Transportation will continue its drug testing program. Additionally, the Department of Transportation regulations do not authorize use of medical marijuana, even where state laws do permit medical marijuana use. The point is, the Department of Transportation is going to continue to follow its drug testing procedures and it will not authorize medical marijuana use even in states where it's permitted. Back to you, Tom.
1: Thanks, Trina. So government contractors who conduct drug testing in the current environment should also be mindful of other employment laws that can complicate the administration of drug testing policies. For example, the Federal Americans with Disabilities Act requires reasonable accommodation of individuals with a disability, a term that is broadly defined. Many of the medical conditions that lead to the issuance of a medical marijuana card may well constitute disabilities under the ADA. That is a very fact-specific inquiry, as many of our listeners know. Additionally, the Family and Medical Leave Act provides job protection in the form of 12 weeks of unpaid leave for individuals with a serious medical condition. And several states have gone beyond the federal FMLA and now require paid leave in various amounts that can also be used to respond to medical conditions. And as with the ADA, many of the medical conditions that would justify either unpaid or paid leave might also be associated with the use of medical marijuana. Government contractors are finding that compliance with these laws can be tricky. The ADA law is currently unsettled as to the employer's obligations in situations where it is aware that the employee has a disability. Pre-employment testing presents another set of issues in cases where employers, like many do, provide applicants during the onboarding or recruiting process with the opportunity to self-identify as being disabled. Many of the cases we see in this area may well turn on what the employer knew at the time of the drug test. Cases where employees advise HR or their managers that they have a medical marijuana card before a random drug test are particularly challenging, particularly in the states that have legalized medical marijuana. The best approach for employers with operations in the several states that provide affirmative employment protections for individuals using medical marijuana should begin with a thorough understanding of the relevant state laws. It's advisable for employers that want to continue drug testing to be sure that existing policies clearly provide that there is zero tolerance for use or possession in the workplace of substances that are unlawful under either federal or state law. And like other types of workplace rules, the employer, the contractor should apply policies consistently after appropriate training and notification to the affected employees. I think the other thing to note is that drug testing policies are easy candidate for class actions in the sense that a policy is going to, by definition, apply to a broad group of individuals, particularly in the pre-employment testing area. And, of course, these cases often involve very sympathetic plaintiffs. Trina, would you add to that about the current challenges facing contractors?
2: Thanks Tom. The only thing I would add is that some companies are rethinking whether to test at all. Specifically as to marijuana, there's no commercially available test to measure current impairment. This means that there's no one-size drug testing policy or disciplinary policy that contractors should use. Any approach may present legal risks and contractors should evaluate all options and not make decisions in a vacuum. Further, as Tom stated a few moments ago, it is important to have clear policies, regardless of what approach you take, and implement those policies consistently.
0: Tom and Trina, thank you for that discussion. We're also delighted to announce our new Government Contracts Classroom Series, where we deliver in-depth training modules on specific topics in the areas most important to government contractors. Under this new program, we will be using a variety of platforms, such as podcasts, webinars, and on-demand videos, as well as in-person events to provide government contractors with robust training modules covering a wide variety of areas, including but not limited to cybersecurity, supply chain, labor and employment, bid protests, state and local, costs, and so much more. A full announcement on this series will be released soon. We hope you're as excited about this as we are. The Fastest 5 Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll & Mori LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com govconpodcast.